there's a problem. Because then how will you be able to do what the Lord tells you to do in your life? Remember, money is the least. If you cannot do what the Lord asks you with money, then you will never be able to do what the Lord asks you to do for Him. Remember that. The Bible tells us that what, you, what the man sows, he will reap. So whatever you sow in this life, God wants to take care of you. So He wants a portion of what you earn so that He can bless you and rebuke the devourer for your sakes that that money of yours will keep coming. Amen? Into your pocket. So God wants to bless you in that. People don't like to talk about money, but it's the least in the kingdom of God. And you need to mention it because we want you to have a life and life abundantly. And if you've got no money, you ain't got life abundantly. Isn't that true? We need money even though it's just money to live. So learn to work with the money that you have. Learn to work with it. And once you get power over that money that you earn and be able to sustain your life with it, then God will bless you. Amen? Because He's not going to bless you so that you can squander money. He wants to bless you so that you have a full life that you may be able to give and sow and do what you need to do with money. But remember, money is the least in the kingdom of God. It's the least problem. If you can't get hold of money and be able to work with it, you will never be able to do what God calls you to do. Amen? So, please guys, go through. I must say, I'm a spoiled brat. I am a spoiled brat. Because the Lord has been looking after me all my life. He's blessed me, and He keeps on blessing me. He keeps on surprising me. Because I will never, never not tie. I will never, never not sow. I learned it young, and I'll keep doing it until the day I go home to be with the Lord. Amen? And if you can get that right, I promise you, the rest will come. Amen. A lot of you guys don't know I'm a grandfather. I'm a toppy. I've been in the Lord many years. I've got a lot of grandchildren. And I am blessed. And I want you to realize that I understand who God is. And I want you to understand who God is. I want you to have a full life as I have a full life. Been through cancer. The Lord gave me one scripture. He said, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. It's the only scripture He gave me. I can't even tell you where it's written. 
But that's the only scripture God gave me while I went through cancer. And I held on to that until the Lord showed me. It is finished, it's gone. It's the end of the road. I said, Lord, I don't mind. You want to take me home, take me home. But not because of cancer. You must remember that the 39 stripes the Lord took on his back with 39 different categories of diseases on this earth. He covered the whole lot. So if you want to go home, go home, but not because you're sick. Allow God to heal you. Amen. Let us pray over the offering if you'll just stretch your hands. Father, I thank you that even if it's a mite that they put in you, I thank you that you'll bless each and every one in this place. If they had no seed to sow, Lord, I pray that you will give them seed, that they may sow, that they may reap in the days that lie ahead, pressed down, shaken together and running over. I thank you, Lord, that you bless it back to them in Jesus' name. Give wisdom to those that use this finance for the extension of your kingdom in Jesus' name. Amen. Right, the word I'm going to be speaking today is living in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm taking you on a journey this morning and I'm starting, before we read the first scripture, is that the Godhead, I want to explain how I see the Godhead. God is the thinker. God the Father, He thinks to create things. God the Son speaks it into existence. And God the Holy Spirit does the work. There's nothing on this earth that is done by God except it is done through all three. God only works together with all three. But I want to show you through the Word of God that God did something amazing for all of mankind. And He wants us to be part of those three. Part of the Godhead of God to do things on this earth. Amen? Let's go to the first scripture, John chapter 4, and verse 23 and 24. Many of you have heard this one many times. But the time is coming, indeed it is here now, when the worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship Him that way. For God is a spirit, so those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. First of all, God is a spirit. We all know that. Amen? Now, how do you get into the spirit, to hear the spirit? And that's the journey I want to take you on in. But it says here, we need to worship Him in spirit and in truth. And yeah, He's indicating on the one side that we can only worship Him through the Holy Spirit. The spirit. But the truth. What is Jesus? Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. So we need to go through Jesus with the Holy Spirit unctioning us to worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Amen? So that's just one little nugget I want to give you before we move to the next scripture. Amen? Let's go to the next scripture. Matthew 16. There's a lot of debates about this one. Matthew 16, here we go, in verse 13. 
And many of you know the scripture. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah. You see, maybe it was you, AJ. Jeremiah. You're in the Bible. <laughs> see, now I've lost it. <laughs> or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, John of, uh, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. We stop there. I want you to realize one thing. What happened here? God the Father revealed to Peter that Jesus was the Messiah. But Jesus didn't stop there, and he says, Blessed are you, Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. And then he goes on to say, Upon this revelation that you have received from the Father, is how I'm going to build my church. Tell me, who's going to build the church? No. Jesus is. You see, many times we feel condemned that we feel obliged, we, we've got to build the church. He didn't say, uh, uh, where he says Peter is the rock, he says Peter is a pebble. But upon this boulder that is received from God, the revelation that I'm the Christ, I'm going to build my church. Now, if you look at it, all the 12 disciples, only one heard the Father speaking. And he says, this revelation, this is how I'm going to build my church. Now, you tell me, where's the church? We the church. So now, how is God going to build you to become the church that He intended us to be? By? No, by revelation. So each one of you need to receive the revelation to be able to stand when you have to stand, when the wiles of the devil come against you, when the world comes against you, you will not deviate. We know that the 12 disciples, some of them died a horrific death, but for them it was nothing. Because they were focused, they knew who they were in Christ. They knew who Christ was. So yeah, Jesus says, I will build my church. Why? Then the gates of hell will not prevail. In other words, the powers of darkness have nothing on you if you have the revelation of God in you. Now, many of us take this that Jesus was going to build a church on Peter. Peter. 
No. The Catholics believe it. No. He's going to build His church through revealing Himself to you. But there's a part we play to be able to be revealed. There's a part that He gave us a free will that we have to overcome our free will to get to the place where we receive an, a revelation from God and be able to do what God has called us to do. And that's not very much because the Bible tells me that the Lord says, I've called you, but I'll do it for you. So He's called us, but what has He called us to? Let's go to the next scripture. I'm leaving you in the balance there. I want you to be there. John 14. John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive Him because it isn't looking for Him and doesn't recognize Him. But you know Him because He lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will not, no longer see me but you will see me. Since I live, you will also live. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Those who accept your commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. You see, we, 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 we get a little bit blinded thinking that it's a human nature that we want to do something for God and we want to do it in our own strength. I, saw, I heard many ministers say, Lord, I don't want you to give me a wage. My business will carry me. No, God doesn't want that. God wants to carry you. God wants to bless you. God has called us because He wants to bless us. He tells us the story about the birds in the trees. Do they labor? No, they don't. But they've got shelter, they've got nests, they've got food, they've got everything. He says, how much more want I give you, you being my children? You see, we've got to change, have a, a total dynamic change of our way of thinking. And when we start to realize what God actually wants from us, it will be so much easier. So much easier. Yeah, we see that He will reveal Himself to each one of them. In other words, God wants to reveal Himself to you. Because if you know who God really is, you won't be a wishy-washy Christian anymore. You will face the giants. You will face the armies. 
you will face whatever comes against you because you know who your God is. You know that you are more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. You know that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You know that you are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus on the right hand of God. You know that you are more than a conqueror. You are above only and not beneath. You are the head and not the tail. That's where you will come to realize that there's nothing much that we need to do. Let's carry on. Joshua 1.8, it says, Meditate on my word day and night. Then you will be prosperous. Then you will have good success. More or less like that. Okay, I'm just saying it. There's three things we need to do. One thing is to meditate on God's word. Because meditating on it, then God will reveal it to us. God will give us revelation. But there's another thing that we need so that we can draw into the spirit. I remember I used to pray two, three hours a day in the spirit. And the one night I spent five hours I believe the Spirit of God wanted me to, and I prayed for five hours, and all, all of a sudden I heard a voice. And I jumped up from the sofa, and I looked outside the window. I thought there was someone outside the window. Then, like Samuel, I realized God was speaking to me. I sat down, and I said, Lord, your servant hears. Please speak. And he started to speak to me. And he started to say, my son, I will use you. And he started talking and talking, and I thought he was finished. I got up, I had prayed for five hours, I was tired, I went to bed, I lay my head on the pillow, and there he was still speaking to me. When I realized that, God wants to speak to you. He wants to talk to you. He loves you so much. He wants to tell you things that you don't know. But we are so busy, caught up in this world, that we don't draw aside into the Spirit so that He can speak to us. This scripture, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 18, it's a short scripture. But I want you to see something here. This was Paul. <clears throat> He said something that bugged me for many years. Verse 18. And I know he was teaching about speaking in tongues and prophesying in the church and everything else. But this verse caught me. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. Now that's something bold to say when he doesn't know me. He doesn't know you. And yet he says that he spoke in tongues more than all of us. And what did Paul do? He received so much revelation. And read his, the word, he wrote eight books. And the revelation he got was amazing about Jesus, about salvation. He received so much revelation, and this is the second secret that he had. 
He spoke in tongues more than you all, and it wasn't because he wasn't married. I think if we learn to skin in tongues, it would be good for us. Because we wouldn't get in each other's hairs. Amen. But, yeah, he was giving us, giving away the secret that he found. That speaking in tongues drew, drew him into the spirit realm. Where God speaks. And he received so many revelations. I want you to realize that God wants us to become part of that Godhead. If you read John 17, it's the love chapter of God saying, I, I want you to be one with me and I'm one with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit. And we're all one because he wants us to walk together with him as one. Not that we become one person. But we think the same. We see things the same. How will you ever walk in the Spirit if you don't get into the Spirit? You know, we, we love instant coffee. We think we can snap our fingers, we're in the Spirit, and snap our fingers and we're out of the Spirit. Takes dedication. Takes tenacity. And it takes time. God, I want you, I'll, I'll, I'm going to say something else. The gifts of the Spirit belong to the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. It doesn't belong to us. He uses them through us severally as He wills, not as you will. I hate it when a person says, I'm an evangelist or I'm a teacher. God uses you severally as He wills. I was in Kenya and I was ministering to 100, 101 leaders. And the Lord said to me, I want you to do a salvation call. I said, Lord, but they're all leaders. He says, I want you to do a salvation call. So I did. And I said, the Spirit told me to tell them they must run to the front because it's urgent that they give their hearts to the Lord. And all of a sudden, people were coming out of nowhere and they were running to the front. So much so that I wanted to run out the back door because I was scared of what was happening. I was the only white guy there. But God did a miracle that day that we baptized 178 people in the river just because I listened to the Spirit of God. God wants us to walk with Him. He wants us to be part of Him. And the only way we're going to be part of Him collectively and singularly is by getting into the Spirit and listening and receiving the revelation that He has for each and every one of us. God is no respecter of persons. 
I'm doing a job here of preaching or showing you his word. But that's just a job that I do for the Lord and that he's called me to do. But each one of you have a specific job to do. You know, it might just be to pray for somebody. It might just be to support somebody. It doesn't mean you're less than what I am standing here because I've got a greater judgment, because I've got to answer for the words that I speak. God rewards us all the same. Each job that is done for the Lord is important. Because if you don't do the little things, the big things can never be done. I want you to realize God has called us to come into the Spirit, to understand who He is and who you are in Him. And you will only understand that if you draw near to Him. You see, our worlds are always in the way. Now, I've just got to do this quickly. You know, always running. Running and not listening to what is important. What is important is that you get to the place that you can face anything that comes your way. When they start killing people, you won't turn around and run. You'll run to there and start prophesying and speaking the word of God over it. You won't be scared to lose your life because you know you have eternal life. You won't be scared to stand up and fight. I want, I want you to realize one thing also. Don't try to fight the devil. The Bible tells us resist the devil and he will flee from you. He doesn't. The, the Bible tells me that the battle is the Lord's and the victory is ours. It's not our fight. Because if we try and in, engage in warfare with the evil one, he's going to destroy you, I promise you. We can't see into the spirit realm. But we can draw near to God that God can lead us and guide us by His Spirit, that we will not be caught empty-handed. We will not be caught unawares. I want you to realize that the Holy Spirit is very important. He's here with us. He's here with us. Jesus is seated in heavenly places. But I also want you to realize that God the Father, Jesus the Son, and God the Holy Spirit stands at the beginning of time and stands at the end of time and occupies all the space in between. He's omnipresent. He's all-powerful. He's all-seeing. He knows what's going on in your head. He knows what's going to happen next week. He knows everything, and you can be part of that. You know, I, I was privileged to do some deliverances with a Dwemen, and he taught me something amazing. 
because being charismatic we'd lay hands and we'd shout and scream and tell the devil to go and all that. And he showed me a way that I realized that we don't have to do much. We just have to say the words he tells us to speak and do what he tells us to do. And he does the rest. He would go to the person that needs deliverance. He'd put his hand on him and he'd pray and he'd say, Holy Spirit, you are the one that is here to do the work. We are just here and we will listen and we will see. And you sit down and the Spirit of God starts dealing with that person and that person that has been delivered is speaking and saying, I see this, I see that. This is a skeleton's coming off the cross and he's touching the bear on his foot and the bear fell over and died. And all sound stupid things, but it's God doing a deliverance in front of you and you're doing nothing. We have to realize without God, we are nothing. We are nothing. Romans 8. Verse 9, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit of you, if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. Don't try to do things on your own. You'll just get hurt. I remember going to Malawi once and uh, we were on our way back at the end and I saw two pastors coming and I, uh, they just landed and they came and spoke to me. And I said to them, what are you doing here? He says, no, we just came to come minister to the people and, and do what we think is right. I said, turn around, climb on the plane and go back home. If God hasn't told you to come, you're in trouble. What happened? We left, and they came a week later, and they said we were robbed at the airport, just going out the airport, and we couldn't leave the airport, and we had to catch a plane back home. Why? Because they don't know God. We cannot go out on our own and do our own people. Please, allow God to be God, and allow man to be man. Amen. Last scripture, I'll close with this. James. Chapter 1. Verse 16 to 18. So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect comes from comes down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us His true word. And we, out of all creation, became His prized possession. I want you to realize that you are God's prized possession. And He wants you to work with Him in the Spirit. 
But He wants you to sit down and listen and see the power of God working around you and be blessed by being in the presence of God. But we have a free will and we have to overcome our free will. We've got to get to the place where we pray in the Spirit, where we meditate on God's Word so that we can receive revelation, that we can become strong and stand with Him when we face the powers of darkness. But the battle's the Lord and the victory's ours and we watch Him do what He needs to do. If He tells you to say something, say something. If He tells you to do something, do something. But if He doesn't say anything, sit down and shut up and listen and see the power of God working around you. I'll leave this with you. Don't play God. Because your fingers will burn. Allow God to be God. And be an instrument that God can use. Jesus is the one that is building His church. If you allow Him to. If you allow Him to and if you step, take the first step. The Bible tells us, take one step towards me and I'll take one step towards you. So you take two steps, He takes two steps until you're standing face to face. Then you can hear properly and you can see properly. And you can be blessed to be able to say, I am a child of God. And Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is my King. Jesus is my life. Jesus is the truth, the way, and the life. No one goes to the Father except through Him. Even in ministry, they work together as one. If you want to take part in it, then there's things you've got to do. Do them. They're not hard. It's not hard to do. But it takes tenacity. It takes a bit of grunt to get there. It takes fighting what's in you. And you will be blessed. I will know if you are in God. I will know and see and I'll be able to walk with you. Because the Bible says until we all come to the unity of the faith. What is the unity of the faith? That we all believe the same thing and we believe that God is in charge and we know Him and He knows us and we know us in Him. Amen. So I'm going to give an opportunity for those that haven't confessed Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Just pray this with me. Close your eyes. Jesus, I come to you and I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior. I believe in my heart that you were raised from the dead and you are alive forevermore. Thank you that you have cleansed me with your blood. Thank you that I have eternal life. Thank you that I am saved through you and you alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Right. There's no announcements. Can we close? There is tea and coffee, so please join us for tea and coffee.
Right. Lift up your hands. Father, I bless your people. I bless my family this morning. I bless them with a double blessing, Lord. That they may be blessed going in and coming out. That they may be blessed going to work and going home and going to the sea and going shopping. I bless them this day, Lord, that they may be full of you and full to overflowing with blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.